0: Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: And I'm Rochelle Moulton.
0: And today we want to talk about war stories, specifically how to choose your best war stories to share with your clients.
1: Well, Jonathan, why don't I jump in? Because <laughs> this is this is a topic I'm fascinated by. And we were talking about it before the recording. And you know, one of the things that I always find fascinating when I work with a new client is that they have so many you know, what we would call war stories of working with clients, but they don't always remember what they are. And it's not always an easy process to pull them out. And the idea of having the perfect war story for the situations you encounter on a regular basis, you know, has some real appeal, I think, don't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm the perfect guinea pig here because I'm sure I have tons and I can't think of one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe you can, maybe we can, uh, walk through uh, a triggering exercise that, um, would shake it loose. Cause I know I tell stories all the time, but when put on the spot, just like, tell me a story. It's like, I don't, I don't know, (laughs) you know, so it, so you're probably right. You know, there's, it would be, I should be able to just pull up, um, something interesting or relevant or, uh, you know, along those lines in a given situation. And I know you mentioned that, um, you, you just sort of came across one for a recent blog post that was, uh, from a couple of years back when you were 16, I think you said.
1: Yeah. A couple <laughs> years at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I like your use of the word trigger, Um, because, you know, if you think about it as as a consultant, as a developer, there are certain situations that you come across where you're working with, and let's just focus on new clients for the moment, where you're getting ready to work with a new client, they haven't hired you yet, and there's some aspect of a war story, uh, only one, that will help you to really cement the relationship and ultimately close the business with that client. And so, Um, What you could do and sort of a very, you know, logical way to do this is to say, what are the kinds of triggers that I hear in my first conversations with a potential client? So what's the trigger? Is it that um, they have a system that isn't working? Is it that they um, uh, want to grow their business in some way related to what you do? Um, You know, what's that trigger and then when you think about what that trigger is, then you can start to think about the stories where that trigger has occurred before and you've solved them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you, Jonathan? Is, sure. Are you thinking of any situations in particular?
0: Yeah, that's starting to I can think of a particular situation where but I, I worked with someone on a project that was so novel and I guess cutting edge that uh, they patented it. And, you know, like my name's on the patent and I would, it would not be uncommon for someone to say, you know, for a new client to be uh, in conversation, a a prospect uh, to be in conversation with me and for that to come up. I guess I typically refer to these as street cred.
1: Street cred. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, so like an example of innovation, I think that would come up Like, oh, you know, well, I I did work with a client on a, on a process that was web-based uh, HTML5 mobile first project that was so novel that they decided to patent it and we were granted a patent, uh, in the UK for this system, which now is the basis mm-hmm. of their entire business. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a war story, the kind of thing that you're talking about, but to me, it's like, um, just like one thing that came to mind. I mean, I've been consulting for 15 years or something. So there's, you know, I know there, are, I probably have a thousand stories locked in my mind that would be relevant in a given situation.
1: Yeah. And and that's it to me, that's a credential or a street cred, but that could also be a story. I mean, you might want to actually walk through for a particular client in a particular situation, what that process was like,
0: mm. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's why you choose which ones you're going to tell very carefully, right?
0: Right. It was a fine client experience but getting a patent's not fun.
1: Right, right. So a logical way to approach this is to think about triggers, right? Because you can develop stories for, you know, almost any trigger. But another way to think about it, especially after you've developed a few stories, is the values That you hold dear for your business and yourself and so sometimes marketers would call these attributes Hmm. but they're really values it's what's most important to you how do you want to be seen by your ideal audience and if you have you know three four five words like that you can test your stories against those words to make sure that they're making sense for uh, what you want to put out there in terms of your expertise your brand Um, you know, the feeling you give people with working.
0: Oh, that's really, yeah, that's a really good point. That's a good idea because you have stories that sort of, you're not necessarily the author of all the stories that you have. You're probably not. In fact, you're in most cases, especially in client relationships, you're kind of a participant in the story. You're not really driving Mm -hmm. the bus at all times. So there are certain ones that are probably, would be worth downplaying or just leaving out because they didn't go the way that you perhaps wanted, or they they or were pulled in a direction that was out of alignment with your values. So yeah. you could kind of yeah, I like that to kind of double check, perhaps post mortem style or after action review style of like oh geez, I didn't land that um, that that work. Let's say you had some prospective client, you sent a proposal, or you had a sales meeting and it didn't go that well. You could think back like ah. Oh, like, what stories did I tell? How did that, you know, maybe they were a bad fit, or maybe the, maybe the stories that I told were out of alignment with, with really what I'm trying to project. Hmm, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. And you know, I do love to tell about this. Uh, there's a there was a I was interviewing um, graphic designers one time for a client, and we wanted somebody new and somebody uh, who had something, you know, an interesting point of view. So I was referred to this guy and so he started to tell me his war story and I got the impression he's trotted this story out many, many times mm-hmm. and he, this was so he could demonstrate to me what a great designer he is and so, so he tells the story about a very high profile client and he named who it was, which uh, after I listened to the whole story, I thought was a mistake um, and this client hired him it was a startup to do a visual identity For this startup and so then he goes on to say that the client chose the wrong option (laughs) i.e as a designer he showed him an option he wasn't prepared to live with which is a big mistake so this designer it really bugged him that the client chose the wrong option and he just was you know trying to decide how he was going to salvage the project so without telling the client he substituted his design in the key meeting where they unveiled the company identity to all of their investors. <laughs> so he sabotaged his own client in public, and then he's bragging on it to me. Right. <laughs> and, and I I mean, I was literally speechless. I, I really, I, I just, I couldn't believe that somebody just told that story. And of course, you know, we didn't hire him. We didn't even meet with him after that conversation. But you know, I started to think about it afterwards because there was some genius in his approach. now, I'd love to take a look at the back end of his business so I could see if it was really working for him. But if somebody wanted an arrogant cowboy, mm-hmm. that story would be exactly the right one to tell right right. I mean, yeah. it turned me off, but I wasn't his target demo
0: right. yeah, absolutely that like these will have a strong uh, filtering effect on fight you know, fi- basically filtering out clients that aren't a good fit for you assuming that your stories are uh, doing either working for you in the way that you want them to so that they're in alignment with the kinds of, of clients you're trying to attract yeah you, you triggered a story that I, I tell f- comes up not all the time it comes up with a certain degree of regularity where I I was doing a uh, I did a proposal for a client and it was going to be a um, you know it was mobile redesign. And one of the options, uh, didn't allow them to have any input on the design. It was purely, I, I was like, mm. one of the options was you don't get, you can tell me if you want, but I'm, you know, I reserve veto power on any suggestions. So you basically just wasting your time <laughs> and we're not going to do design review. Um, it's just not part of this option. And I will, I will achieve these other outcomes are very measurable, tangible outcomes. Uh, and I will, you know, pull the branding from the existing site to the extent that I can, but our goals here have nothing to do with the design. They have to do with SEO and, uh, you know, Google, passing Google tests and uh, so on and so forth. And people just like, what, How, you know, you did a web design and the client wasn't allowed to weigh in on it, <laughs> you know? And that I, I, you know, it's, um, I feel like that's in line with when I, when I was doing consulting, that's a story that I would tell. I would tell that to a prospect. And the story is to kind of emphasize that when I'm, you know, if you're hiring me, you're going to get someone who's going to deliver outcomes, not pretty pictures. If you want pretty pictures, I'm not your guy. You know, mm-hmm. if you want someone who's going to, who's going to, uh, move pixels around a screen until you feel like they are perfect, I'm definitely not your guy. But if you want to pass Google's mobile test, you want your pages to load in under a second, cold cache, I'm your guy. So. Telling that story where <laughs> it would that would filter people out for sure.
1: Oh, yeah And but it would also pull the right people right into your sweet spot. Mm-hmm Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great example of a story that it, it fits with your values it fits with um, You know kind of the one thing that you at that time that you really did your differentiator mm-hmm. right And then it also, I think, ties with not only what you do, but what you want to do. I mean, to have a client like that is probably, or at that time was probably pretty exciting, right? (laughs) Yes. You just get to create on your own.
0: Right. Yeah. You can do, it's one of those things. I mean, designers, especially, I'm sure feel this all the time. I know they tell me they do, where they have a hard time. You know, everybody's got an opinion and and it's hard sometimes to keep the client on track and, you know, you have to limit the number of design reviews and, you know, can we get half a design A and half a design B and Mm -hmm. can you make the logo bigger? So uh, I know wrangling clients like that is, can be difficult. So you could imagine, you know, your cowboy there or, or someone like, you know, saying, well, you don't get to, you don't get to have any (laughs) input on the design. I'm, that's what I'm here for. You can give me input about things you're an expert at, like your customers and your um your business and your convert you know, desired conversion rate and those sorts of things. You're the expert of that and we'll work together and achieve these outcomes. And you know, it's gonna push away people who would probably be a disastrous project for me anyway.
1: Right. And right.
0: hopefully attract ones who are more bottom line focused and less precious about their interface. Oh, that's a precious, (laughs) perfect word. I mean, there's call for that. There are brands that need that. I'm just not that guy, you know. Right? No,
1: I I get it. And Mm -hmm. but that's that's why it it helps because you've got clarity about who you want to attract, and and what our stories should do is enhance the clarity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It makes it. The other thing about the, the other thing about stories in general is they're really sticky, and if they're good, they're easy to share. So you're almost giving, you know, in a a situation where you're perhaps a high-priced consultant, the person you're talking to almost certainly has to, convince is a strong word, but it has to kind of sell the idea of hiring someone expensive from the outside to somebody, even if it's Mm -hmm. just their spouse. There needs to be some kind of... Or if, I think it's helpful if you give them some tools to kind of uh, spread your awesomeness around with, and, and a story is a very easy way to, it's an easy thing to kind of hand to them that they can then share on their own uh, to other people to perhaps uh, express something that otherwise is pretty hard to, can be pretty hard to get your hands around and describe to someone else. You know, if somebody so somebody's talking about, uh, just imagining a, a client, a prospective client of mine trying to convince their CFO that they should write me a giant check and saying like, uh, you know, he spoke at Adobe Mag." Like, is that is that really going to get any traction? Like li- a list of credentials or a, almost like a mm-hmm. resume type of thing is uh, it doesn't seem that persuasive. But you tell a story and maybe the maybe the no design reviews story isn't the right one in this scenario, but a story <laughs> like that's easy to share you know, you can sort of summarize it really quickly. Like, well, and guess what? We're not going to have to do any design review. You know how much you used to hate sitting through those meetings? Well, we don't have to do it with this guy.
1: Right. Right.
0: So it yeah. makes it, yeah, I think for the right clients, for the wrong, you know, for the wrong clients, you're going to repel them, which is the idea. And for the right it saves clients,
1: everybody time and money.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. It lets them spread the word inside the organization.
1: Yeah. And I I like the word sticky for stories, you know, because you've got, you know, the the list of credentials is helpful when somebody has to look at something and compare multiple people and then they see, you know, your badges of honor Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, okay. So that can help narrow the field and a story can sort of take you that next level as long as it's a story that is, you know, it ties with You know, the kind of clients you want to work with, the kind of work you want to do, you know, your values, right? Like the arrogant cowboy Mm -hmm. had different values um, than than I do. But it was there was a clarity and a stickiness with that story. I was trying to remember how long ago that story was. And I think it was maybe 2012.
0: Mm.
1: So the fact that I still remember that story like it was yesterday, six years later, right? (laughs) you know, that was sticky.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was
1: sticky. So so I guess the challenge comes, it, it, the way I look at this is this, When and I, I did this when I was in a, in a big firm and a, and a consultant, and I always had this visual, and I think one of the senior consultants taught me this early on, and I always thought of it like I had stories in my pockets. And whenever I would go to a meeting, uh, a new business meeting, I wanted to have at least two stories in my pocket that I could pull out if I needed them that related to either their industry, uh, their their uh, project, um, something that would circle around what what I thought at that point was most important to them. And I might not pull the stories out because it might turn out by the time I get there that it's not the right story. Mm-hmm. But I, I very consciously did it um, client by client. Another way to do it that I think is a lot more effective, just takes a little bit more time, is to do it more broadly and say, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to write a sentence or two, not the whole story, just a sentence or two of the things I remember that felt pivotal in my career. And so if you're new to consulting, then you look at the work you did before and you craft those because you've probably done project work just inside an organization. Mm-hmm. So you start to look at those and and just kind of note down your stories, just a sentence or two, because it was your story, you'll remember it, you can fill it out if it makes sense. But then at least you have this kind of, almost like a Chinese menu mm-hmm. approach to your stories, right? So you have the ones that were about innovation, and the ones that, you know, then the cross line is, uh, this was for the banking industry, or this was for technology industry. So you you start to make sense of your stories. But more importantly, you figure out how to use your war stories to close that deal with your best potential clients.
0: Yeah, that's great. And as you were going through that, so here's the trigger moment. So before the show, we were talking, I was like, I can't think of one story I have. <laughs> and then you just said, <laughs> and then you just used the word pivotal. And all of a sudden, I thought of three. Mm-hmm. And I've probably shared them all on this show. You know, like the, the story about me realizing that hourly billing was nuts. Like there's a whole story behind that, where that mm-hmm. light bulb went on. The story about the day I realized I was sick of coding and I didn't want to, I didn't mm-hmm. want to get paid for coding anymore. The day I decided mm-hmm. to, st- the day I stopped taking on paid coding work, you know, like these are, these are all phases that kind of led up to current state and they would all make sense in different contexts, just like you're saying. So mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of, of kind of inventorying them. And we've talked about content inventory before. But you're right. It doesn't have to be like a, you know, it's your story. You're going to remember it. If you can't remember it, it's not a good story in the first place. <laughs> if you can't remember it well, you know. But, uh, and I think there's a, how much time would you spend polishing them up? So it's To like ask that more yeah. specifically. I've told the, the how I realized hourly billing is nuts story. I've probably told that 200 maybe more than that, hundreds of times. But I don't tell it exactly the same way every time. I kind of have two different lengths of it. I, you know, like thinking mm-hmm. back on it, there's like a quick version and a longer version. And I, I probably haven't told it the exact same way twice. There's, and there probably is a best way to tell it. So, d- how much time would you spend, do you think, or have you spent in the past, like with clients maybe, or just on your own, kind of f- like perfecting it, I guess?
1: Well, here here's how i think of perfecting stories because i think part of the charm of stories is if you do tell them a little bit different you know because what that that tells me you're that you're listening to your current audience you know if you're having a conversation you don't want to be reciting a story that bores you right. because if you said it the same way each time i mean you want some life to it so i don't think you know, it's important to have every aspect of it be crisp, perfectly crisp, and exactly the same every time you tell it. Um, the exception, perhaps, is when you're doing a speech in front of a big group of people. Um, I think crispness really, really counts there. Yep. And it's worth the effort to really polish and hone your stories. Um, but in terms of how much time, it's interesting because... Um, I think in the work that I do one-on-one with clients, this is one of the things we do at the beginning is I want to pull out those those experiences and stories. And so I just have them write a sentence and usually they can't help themselves. They don't stop at a sentence. They'll write a paragraph because they're reminding themselves of the story yeah. and it comes back. And so they write about it. And so um, most people will tell me it'll take anywhere from one to three hours to really get all their stories down in a a sitting. Now, again, nobody gets them all in one sitting. Excuse me. You come back and you look at it and you remember something the next day and the next day after that. But if all you had, if all you had was, and you could make it a spreadsheet if you wanted to, or a Word document, if all you had was a list of the sentence about that story, and then you could, if this is the spreadsheet approach, you could categorize them by topic. You know, like uh, if I do a, web design project here are the things i talk about if i'm doing an innovation project if i'm doing a credit union industry project and so you can again that's the chinese menu approach inside a spreadsheet you can start to think about what are those stories now then you have that one sentence then the question becomes how much time do you spend deciding how to tell that story and i would argue that it depends on what it's worth to you and what the environment is. So if you're going in to a big, um, let's say, a proposal presentation of some sort, I would say that story, how you tell that story is really important, right? Mm-hmm. It's important which one you pick. And it's important how you tell it. And it's important that if you're in a physical room with them, that you can see their faces and their reactions so you can have some empathy with what's happening in the room. And and then you might make your story longer if it's, you know, if the energy in the room is building or you might make it shorter if they're, they've stopped looking at you and they're looking at their phones, <laughs> It's it has, to me, it, it's organic. Do you know what I mean? It's not sure. like you just create it and then you put it on a shelf and then you just pull it down when you need it. It, it has some life to it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's, that's the way I've been doing it. So that's the right way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, done.
0: <laughs> Solved. So I, I do imagine that it's a little bit tricky to do this like f- in the abstract. So I'm imagining the dear listeners like kind of like I was at the beginning where it was like, I don't, you're, uh, nothing's triggering. Like I know I have stories, but I don't know what they are. Uh, it might make sense. Tell me what you think. But it might, for me, it would make sense to say, oh, I've got a meeting coming up. It's a specific meeting with specific people. That would be a good time for me to do this exercise, but not, you know, not like a broad content inventory of all stories, really just like, okay, I've got this meeting coming up with, um, you know, photography company who works in the cruise industry. So it's a past client of mine. I've got a a meeting coming up like that. What, what stories should I pull together? Maybe the patent story, maybe the first time I went on a ship for the, for a client visit. There's got some great stories Mm -hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the dealing with the, the technology below decks with no internet access. There's all sorts of, I, I could probably write a dozen. I worked with that client for probably three years, probably dozens of stories that were, that are fun stories. So with, with that particular meeting ahead of me, it would be a lot easier to remember what, you know, to come up with a list than to just say, make a list of stories that have happened to you in your life. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's oh, well, overwhelming.
1: You no, know, I, I I totally agree because it's it it is simpler and it gives you um, some immediate reactions. Like you're not creating something that you're going to use a year from now. You're creating something you're going to use right now mm-hmm. um, that makes a difference in your revenue and your workload right now. Right. right. And so again, the key in in that scenario you just described is is before that proposal meeting you're doing your research. And if you haven't worked in the in the cruise industry before, then you want to think, oh, well, uh, gee, I wonder what kinds of issues they might have. And you're going to do a little research on that. And you're going to start to think about it. And you you might say, I wonder how they deal with x. And then as you do that, that's when you can kind of go back and, and say, I'm wondering, what kinds of experiences have I had that would tie to this? And then that's when you can start to really you know, make sense of how to apply some of the things you've done before to this specific situation.
0: Yeah, that that to me feels so much more manageable and, and super practical.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. And you, maybe I'm just insane. I don't know. But when I'm preparing for a meeting with a potential new client, i I mean, I love to go, I, I'm looking at their website, I'm looking at their social media, I'm reading anything that they've written that I can get my hands on. I, I want to get inside their heads and understand, you know, more about what they do and what they're interested in. And that will usually tell me what stories I might use. And, you know, and I'm, I might use, you know, one, I might use, two, I might use none. You know, it really depends on the scenario. But um, it also, of course, helps to decide if you want to work with them. As you're doing that right. research, you, you learn things about them that draw you closer to them or pull you further away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, great. Is there anything else we should add before we wrap up?
1: I don't think so. I, I think um, I, I would say that um, keep in mind street cred is a great way to look at this. And I think the stories are just a sticky way of of demonstrating your street cred
0: sticky street cred
1: yeah (laughs) ssc (laughs) yeah
0: so that's it for this week i'm jonathan stark
1: and i'm michelle moulton
0: and we hope you join us again next week for the business of authority Bye.
1: bye bye